not picking up anything through my headset here. Well, let's just go with it. Yeah, thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock, uh, we do stream, and this is uh, Finding the Voices, a spoken word program. And uh, we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. In the first hour, from the second and third rounds of the December 3rd and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series, you'll hear readings by Vanessa Mayville, Leanne Taras, Layla Chismore, Nuar Tadavasian, Tia Lunn, Brent Raycroft, Ragini Singh, uh, Bob McKenzie, Lyle Miriam, Quentin Kerr, Allison Wong, Corey Toke, Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, Judith Popiel, and Arlene Batista. And then in the second uh, hour from, again, the December and the Journey Continues open mic reading, uh, you'll hear the conclusion uh, of that event with readings by, again, Rent, uh, Brent Raycroft, Bob McKenzie, Lyle Merriam, Allison Wong, Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, Judith Popiel, and uh, my own reading at the end that night. And then following that, uh, I'm going to go into the Al Purdy songbook. And uh, I, what these are, are for the, uh, there are some oral interpretations or inspirations, but there are musical uh inspirations of Purdy's work uh, by, and I'm hoping to get through all of these today, I'm not sure, and I may actually hang on to this idea and carry it into next week and maybe play the rest of the CD between the two weeks. So anyway, if I don't get to one of them I mentioned here, uh, because I do want to say a few words before I air their work, uh, but again, uh, these are... Uh, interpretations or inspirations of Purdy's work, and uh, I'm hoping to air Bruce Coburn, Gord Downey, Sarah Harmer, perhaps Leonard Cohen, and uh, there's a singer-songwriting duo I hadn't heard of before. They're called Snowblink, and uh, I'm going to try to get all those in this afternoon. This first, though, uh, the usual hourly announcement, occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show is played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. And uh, up first, let's again, we started it last week. We're going to finish it up this week. Let's move into the December 3rd, and the journey continues. Open mic reading in that monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. Up first, in that second round that evening, here are readings by Vanessa Mayville, Leanne Taras, Leila Chisimore, and Nuard Tadavasian. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Round two. Up first, we have Vanessa Mayville. Let's bring her up again. grasp at his hollow words and reach for arms that will never truly hold me. 
how long will I dig through empty boxes that he promised were filled with change? How long will I hold on to the idea that the best is yet to come when he has proven time and time again that this is the best it will ever be? Two. Now, I unpack my feelings and sort them neatly into the empty boxes that he left me with. Stacking them just high enough to get out of the grave, I had dug myself the one he refused to join me in. Three. I have learned that letting go is not synonymous with falling. There is a never a right time for heartbreak, and sometimes holding on only leaves you gasping for air. Four. I found you on my way up. Deep breath. And I am floating on your smile. Basking in your infatuation, delighted, I, delighting at your determination to see me smile back, wondering how I ever thought that I could make a home down there in the dark. Five, the light hits my smiling face, and no one is there trying to snatch it away from me when I turn around. Instead, you smile back, and I am home. Give Vanessa Mado another hand. Bring up Leanne Terras. To catch that most elusive, scavenging the secrets of memory for something tangible to savor, watched over by a cruel crescent moon, bitter without sticky sweetness, a beggar with a hand held out, greedy for more than you can offer, Refrain from arriving. The walking is more eminent than the final destination. Aspire to the fulfillment of acquiring a holy coherence. Andres, let's bring up Leila Tabeo Chismore. yesterday's memories is collected and ordered. Intention stitched to the undersides of our feet in bloody steps. Lessons in dance trampled instructional for evening turns. Hold my hands, sweet ones. Tell me which way you're going. And tell me which way you're going. Weave and fall certain of who we will grow into tomorrow. Papier auto de fe will maintain until we see ourselves through the dawn in sweat and pause to hear the smoke of our breath. Later, when you sit in the grass with foot on your knee and pull threads from muddied souls, it is painful, I know, stare in reminder to read the aching spaces between former meaning. A woman will take them, collected intentions worn ecstatic. With patience more than we, she will sit and weave garments for the next year. When it comes, you will know those dotted scars as if tapestry blinded. And when we dance, frantic, you will search each flying tassel for the one you carried inside and laugh. By firelight, we will find each other and the thousand pieces of your own dress will shine otherwise.
Fellas, Layla, Paveo, Chisamore. Let's give her another hand. Bring up Ward, Tedavasian. So this poem is, can you hear me if I talk like this? Is this louder? Okay. Like this? Closer? Yeah? Okay. Cool. This poem is called Eurydice. I chased you through valleys and fur-crested gorges, stuffed on your sweetness. Remember that hot Mycenaean sun? I would dance nevertheless, lily and clover slapping my ankles as you sang, the lyre coated with your sweat. Through high summer we reaped our own harvest, words falling off your strings like honey, fat and dripping. If I wanted more, you fed me a single piece of want, watching the saliva pool under my tongue. You remember me wandering around in half-closed bliss, immune to fear, veins buzzing. I don't blame the snake in the grass at all. I think of the lyre, fingers on the strings, closing my eyes, tipping my hair back in a shudder, the bite, the ankle, the breast, the tail. I think of fire burning my legs, opening my eyes, and your voice in the clouds, singing. Tamer, the waterfall gushes and falls silent as a three-headed dog sleeps at your feet and gods who have cut trees for your first ancestor's cradle weep. I watch you lure them in with old, sweet notes. You charm the tortoise, beguile the panther. You even seduce the ibis and the nymphs. I am quiet in the dark, fingers balanced on wet limestone, watching you entice anything with a heart, tears falling from your eyes. They bring you in, drooling like I drooled for you. You never see me, but I shrink away from the flashing whiteness of your eyes. When you leave with the shadow of your guilt trailing behind you like an ending, I do not follow. After a sigh that is a forest long, the tortoise slips back into her den, the panther slinks away. I listen for a new music. Do you know it? I listen to the song the rock sings as she tempers herself, the melody of an ocean on the other side of the earth, the beating of the stars who dance around the moon. Eyes open, I listen as the lyre's music drowns in languages I now begin to understand. I listen and I do not dance. Was Noir Tadabasian? Let's give her another hand and bring up Tia Lun. And you just heard readings by Vanessa Mayville, Leanne Taras, Leila Paveo Chisamore, and Noir Tadabasian. Again, that was in the second round of the December 3rd, and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series and held at the Elm Cafe. Up next from it, uh, you're going to hear, as you just heard, start off with a reading by Tia Lunn, uh, then readings by Brent Raycroft and Ragini Singh. This is an old Sestina I've been reworking recently, and it's called Pillow Fort. <clears throat> Hello. My name
name is punk rock. My name is the emo goth grunge tattoo on my face. My name is alternative, ugly, pretty, and pretty ugly. My name is the heart pressing up under the skin of my wrist, the black lipstick on my cup of coffee, the cheap metal jewelry, and resulting green circle. If you need me, I'll be at the center of a circle of pillows in my room, writing a new name on the side of my Starbucks cup of coffee, lying alone, just me and my peeling face, my ripped up cuticles, just me and my dry skin, defining myself, writing out scribbles of ugly, 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 yeah. I think my new name should be very ugly. My mirror tells me so, shows me my left eye, a circle beneath the puffy eyelid, that tear swollen skin. I almost cry watching Call Me By Your Name when I have nothing to whisper against someone's face but a myriad of Italian words for expensive coffee. If you want me, I'll be swilling coffee, dipping a heart-shaped cookie carved out ugly, pink icing spread thick all over my face. I'll be eating up the tender flesh, mouth a circle of perfect pink lipstick, chewing up my name and retching up chunks of muscle and skin. My birth certificate is evil embroidered onto my skin. Pull the thread and I'll spill out gallons of decaf coffee. I know I'm ugly because that's my name, and I know that's my name because I'm ugly. You can bet your ass my logic is a perfect circle, so you can't <coughs> fucking touch me. You can't face me, couldn't take me fist to fist, face to face. Look how fierce I fight, how I bruised my skin on my own knuckles, how I scarred a circle around my neck, burnt out my veins with hot coffee. My name is Hostel. I cut deep and I spit ugly. When I'm done, you won't remember your own name. I want to see my face floating in a pool of coffee, to finally see my skin and know the real ugly, to finally draw a red circle around my own name. Tia Lund, let's give her another hand. Bring up Brent Raycroft. I was working on this poem when I didn't come to the reading last month. Uh, it, it was just before Remembrance Day. And uh, I, I could have come down with a, dr a draft of the poem, um, but it was sort of still in transition. And I thought maybe it would be disrespectful. And then today I hear Trudeau on the radio uh, promising to spend more on munitions to satisfy the boss. Um, and I thought, no, this is, the issue is still on the table. Poppies blow. In Flanders Fields, how does it go? Is it really poppies blow? As in what? Blow hot and cold? Blow chunks? Blow me? It's a usage you don't often see. So when they put a stanza on the money, you can look this up on Snopes. Fake news spread that it was a typo or a civil servant's joke. The poppies on our vests were made, not grown. So how were we to know? Plastic flowers on a pin, maybe lost or kept, or prick a finger painfully might even fade, but cannot blow. We are the dead. See how that works? You believed it for a second. 
that bodies blown apart by war might yet engage in leveraging the pain they died in against the peace they hoped for to lure another generation into following. It's both. It's both. Poppies blow and poppies grow. If one youth dies to grease the teeth of nations, behind, in no time, another blooms. You can count on it. And somewhere, plotting wars, they do. We are the quick. We'll speak for ourselves. We forget lest we be overwhelmed. Forget the ceremony and the sorrow. Forget the torch they say was thrown. Forget the quarrel and the foe. If a poem calls, we will not go. Nor will we, now that war has been outsourced, give regime change air support our vote. Let soldiers be for rescuing the refugees, for flood and fire, plague and snow. Give Brent Ray Croft another hand and bring up Raggedy Scene. Uh, this is called Lose Your Marbles. Hold on for a fleeting memory, a smile that just won't go away, and a warmth no thermometer can detect. Oh, the smell of joy bleeds through the senses, like drinking a hug filling up from the inside out. To capture, to cage, to pour into a jar painted by sunshine and showered by laughs is like collecting marbles. Tighten the lid, have no escape. Teeter-tottering on pale blue longing upon hopeful bright yellow belonging. A trance of resilience, a peace of mind. A trade of hearts, a peace of mind though irrevocably impermanent, still wish for a tattoo of serenity. But careful grasp so the jar won't tip, for if it does, the marbles might fall, as fragile as bubbles, then evanescent as lightning. Others reprogrammed to decrepit, dented, or damaged. Seize them all, the ephemeral feelings. Hold on, or you'll lose your marbles. Thanks. Give Ragony Sin and sing another hand and bring a Bob McKenzie. And you just heard readings by uh, Tia Lun, Brent Raycroft, and Ragony Singh. And in the, those were in the second round of the December 3rd, and the journey continues open mic reading again in that monthly series. And again, held at the Elm Cafe. And up next from it, you'll hear readings by, who you just heard me start to introduce, Bob McKenzie, Lyle Merriam, and Quentin Kerr. And let's go ahead and bring them up. This is recital. 
Jazz fingers dance across the keys in pas de dieu and playful pirouettes, leap high in spinning dervish whirls, drop to hip-hop backspin, break dance, street beats bob to the blues, become kick-dancing Cossacks, flung airborne, arms outspread in joy, drop to knees, slide glissando across white tiles, rise on point, Poetic music box slow, channel Chopin, Gershwin, Jerry Lee. Rock steady beat goes on and on, and on the keys, jazz fingers dance. It's Bob McKenzie, give him another hand, bring up Lyle Miriam. This is called Turn of the Year. Seems appropriate for tonight. Winter's clamping down again with its ice and cold and snow. The calendar has turned again. Where did the old year go? Twelve months worth of laughs and tears have faded into the past to join the memories of other years. Why can't the good times last? Another year has come and gone and each will have its share of fading sunsets and breaking dawn, of happiness and care. Winter may be clamping down, but spring is on its way. A smile lurks behind each frown, and night gives place today. Thank you. Was Lyle Miriam, let's give him another hand, bring up Quentin Care. Sam meets Rico at the university, doesn't mention Susan, and Rico doesn't ask. It's possible he already, he already knows. They drive along the water, pick up beer and sushi on their way to Rico's apartment. They find Janet there, and together, climb the fire escape to the flat tar roof. They stretch out across ratty plastic lawn chairs, eat, drink, and watch the sun go down. Children and pigeons chatter in the distance, and somewhere, a basketball slaps pavement. The shadows grow longer and purple. Sam likes Rico and Janet. They are good people. Janet is kind and can cook dinner in 23 minutes. She can check the oil in your car. Rico laughs at all jokes, even bad ones, and he's practical in the sense that his watch can withstand depths of up to 80 feet. The three of them talk old friends. It's a wonderful thing to talk about. You remember Ed, Sam says. You remember Dennis. You remember Katie. Ah, yes, Rico says. Yes, Ed Buchanan, that moron. Ah, yes, Dennis Whitman. Yes, and good old Katie the shark and all her crazy boyfriends. Janet lets them talk, laughing sometimes, eyes closed. Her face is freckled and orange in the late summer light. Rico's hand collars the back of her neck. Sam likes the way Rico says names. He would make a wonderful eulogist. Ed has three cats now, Rico explains. Three. It's a revelation. Ed Buchanan hated cats more than anyone has ever hated anything. That's some sort of madness, Janet says. Rico and Sam mutter in agreement. That's it exactly. You've hit the nail on the head. Some sort of madness. The sun has set. 
The last red seeps into the horizon. Bedtime, Janet says. They climb back down, empty beer bottles crooked beneath their arms, chopsticks, chopsticks clamped between their teeth. Sam and Rico unfold the pull-out couch. Janet digs up sheets and extra pillow. Anything else, Rico asks? Hot milk? Lullaby? It is about a quarter after 10. The half-open window lets in the low burning of cars from the street. In the bathroom at the end of the hall, Janet folds herself over the sink, combing her hair. Rico, in a white t-shirt and boxers, leans over here, over her, brushing his teeth. He whispers something into her ear. She turns, looks up, looks up at him, uses one long finger to wipe clean his chin. Thank you. And you just heard readings by Bob McKenzie, Lyle, Miriam, and Quentin Kerr. And uh, those were from the second round of the December 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series. i tell you what, uh, I'm going to do this, uh, some announcements first. But the first thing I want to do, and there's an announcement in here about uh, the donors uh, who have supported our funding drive. So a huge thank you to you. But uh, just a truly heartfelt thank you to all of the listeners out there who have supported us in our uh, funding drive that just ended uh, on December 31st. Uh, we had a $20,000 goal. And because of your generosity, and uh, it's just wonderful right now we're sitting at $22,241.08 and we're just all very thankful so so thank all of you who did donate to our funding drive and uh, I'm going to do this and then I'll be right back Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC listen to Saltwater Music a show covering all musical genres from the east coast of Canada Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. The Kingston Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. Folk Everything, every Saturday morning from 10 till noon on CFRC. Traditional folk, modern folk, 
future folk, and strange deviations from the norm. Hear the legacy of folk music and discover new favorites and forgotten classics on Folk Everything. Join me every Saturday morning at 10 for a romp through folk culture here on CFRC. Says Red Mullet to James, that's a fine CFRC 101.9 FM is taking this opportunity to give a big shout out and a big, big thank you to our sponsors for our 2019 funding drive. Something Else Records, The Screening Room, McKinnon Brothers Brewing, Grad Club, Flying Bee Productions, KPP Concerts, Musiki Cafe, the RCHA, Novel Idea, Tango Nuevo, Wit, Agent 99, Cash for Clothes, Gray Malkin's Wireworks, Improbable Escapes, Brian's Record Option, The Toucan Pub, Old Farm Fine Foods, The Art Gallery of Ontario, and the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts. Thank you everyone for your support during our funding drive. And I couldn't have said it better, so there you go. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM, located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And now again, let's move into uh, the second round of the... uh, December 3rd, and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series, again, held at the Elm Cafe. What you will hear are readings by Ellison Wong, Corey Toke, Eric Folsom, and Jordan Lane. Let's give Quentin Care another hand and bring up Ellison Wong. So this is new. I don't know how loud my voice is. You doing good? good? Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I think I have this memorized, but I'm going to hold this just in case, because you never know. Um, this poem is called Spilled Water. I haven't been able to write a novel because I realized I didn't know how to see. I didn't know how to see a story through to the end. I've never seen a story through to the end. They all keep going. Add another chapter. Just another few minutes. Hey, this word looks nice. Let's write it again. There's one constant in my life, and it's the semicolon ring I made out of scrap wire and wear in my right hand. Keep going, it says. Yeah, that's right. Keep going. If I saw a story through to the end, I wouldn't be here to write it. If I saw a story through to the end, I would be handing the torch to somebody else to tell it, if there was anybody left by the time the story was over. See, you gotta tell it as you see it, because the words just run by like water. I heard a poem once that said, spilled water cannot be poured back, so spill it, kid. Tell it as the water runs by, reach out a cupped hand, and tell me what didn't slip by your fingers. Take a sip. Tell me what it tastes like. Hell, stick your whole head in it and tell me what it feels like to be drowning in words. Jump into the pool and sink to the bottom of what looks like the bottom and tell me what it feels like to float. Spilled water cannot be poured back, so dump it all over the floor, and if your mom yells at you, who the hell even cares anymore? You've got a story to tell, so tell it, goddammit. You don't need to see what happens next to know what happens now. Chapter 50 might be a pile of tangled sewing thread, but it can't take shape until you stitch chapter 1. The hardest part is threading the needle. Let's give Allison Wong another hand and bring up Corey Toke. 
So this piece is titled The Man with the Scrimshaw Hands or Vivisection. Self-administered yeah. Self scrimshaw confounds any eye whose focus finds his hands. A scalpel twirled between fingers carves muscle and tendon with the same skill applied to his own bones. He sees beauty in both craft and creation. Most mad doctors remain content with one monster. He appoints himself god of a new people, demands worship from distorted throats, basks in prayers of pain. Thank you. Let's give Corey Toke another hand. Bring up Eric Trollstrom. Faithful translations uh, by Jean Cocteau. This is a poem in French originally. Quel est ce faux témoin? It's about being extremely self critical, which we've all done sometimes. I've heard a couple of you tonight. Who is this false witness I call to my trial? Who is the accuser in my own likeness dressed? demanding that I nod and smile, relating misdeeds from my past. His malice gathers strength and it occupies me, transforming the sharp words I have hidden inside. My deference to authority ensures that we both will collide. A man so well versed in the art of deceit, I could swing a dozen times from the hangman's tree. Too late we learn that he's a cheat. No witness speaks more false than he. Give Eric Folsom another hand. Bring up Jordan Lane. Hello again. Uh, this one's called Forgiveness. Make no mistake, you are forgiven, but that doesn't mean I want to talk to you. It doesn't mean I want to be your friend. When we pass in the street, I will give you just enough of a nod to acknowledge, yes, we live on the same plane. If we find ourselves in the same circle, at the same party, give me only the smallest of small talk. Talk about the weather, but only a single cloud Single droplets transformation from globe to disc and back again. Talk about sports, but only a sport I've never heard of, known only in a country I've never been to, played with a hammer and a cube. Because for us, no sum of minutia is too minute, no stretch of distance too distant. I may never step towards you, though in time I might grant you a toe. Since all is relative, that toe may be a mile or a thousand miles, or the distance between the Earth and the Sun, or from the Sun to the black hole at the center of our galaxy, or from the black hole at the center of our galaxy to the remotest corner of the known universe. Because that is the reach of my forgiveness. Just not for you. <laughs> Just not for now.
Jordan Lane, another hand. Bring him to the torpedo. And sort of a bad cut there where I cut that off, but at least she didn't start her reading. So uh, you just heard readings by Allison Wong, Corey Toke, Eric Folsom, and Jordan Lane in the second round of the December 3rd monthly And the Journey Continues open mic reading. And uh, again, held at the Yom Cafe. And up again from it, you'll hear readings by Judith Popeil and Arlene Batista. So this is a story poem that I began to write in Jason Carew's workshop this summer. And we were asked to use a soccer ball as a human object and give it human characteristics. And it's actually a true story about one of my dogs when I was living downtown Kingston who ran over to a soccer game where foreign students were playing soccer and newer dog took the soccer ball and disrupted the game for quite some time because I couldn't find her and by the time I got there it was chaos. So I used that as a precipice for the story. So here we go. Being a soccer ball, all decorated in black and white, humans like to kick me around the field and score what they call goals. But I am just a foil. I am not in competition, and I do not enjoy being kicked around and then whirled into an enclosure that they call a net. I twirl, I swirl, I plummet high into the air and just land somewhere only to be kicked around once more. People cheer and yell and wave their flags when I land inside what they call a net. But I am a soccer ball and I really don't care about being in a net. Magically though, one day something very unusual happened to me. I brought some of, it brought some of the most happy moments of my life. I suddenly was captured and taken across the field in all directions by a little dog. She clenched me in her mouth with so much love and she cared for me in such a gentle way. Instead of being kicked around, I was being carried with love. She had captured me so fluidly and took me from the maddening crowd. Players on the field were not happy about this. They yelled and jeered at the little dog and tried to catch her and snatch me from her mouth, but without success. For the first time in my life, I felt loved, and we ran and ran in all directions, all over that field and outside of the field and everywhere that the little dog wanted to take me. I felt peaceful and love in the mouth of this little dog. Her gentle grip was enough for me to know that she cared about my well-being. She didn't care if I scored a goal, and she seemed so happy to have me in the grips of her mouth. But the yelling continued, and everyone seemed so very upset that she had interrupted the game, and no goals were being scored, and everything seemed 
so very chaotic. But the little dog held steadfast and carried me to places I had never been before inside and outside of the four-cornered field. I felt like I was dreaming while I was in the mouth of this little dog. But as you know, dreams always bring awakenings. And eventually, a human who knew this little dog's name entered the field and called her name. She ran quickly to this human who happened to be her owner. And that is when the dream changed into a reality. I was taken carefully from the mouth of the little dog and handed over to one of the soccer players. My whimsical dream-like journey had ended. Oh well, as the saying goes, be grateful for those moments of true happiness and being loved in a true way and appreciated even if it's momentarily. Thank you. Judith Popeil, let's give her another hand. Uh, up next, round three, Arlene Batista. Let's bring her up. Hi. Um, so this is actually the first poem I've ever written. Um, I'm actually uh, I'm actually a singer and a songwriter. And I've never actually really thought of writing poems before, but uh, there was an idea that I had that I wasn't able to really uh, depict in song. So I thought I'd maybe just write something out and see what I could find with a poem. So this poem, it's called Pamana, uh, and that is a Filipino word for, it can mean hand-me-down, it can mean um, inheritance from family, and in some contexts it can mean heritage. So that's the title, and you might hear me say it throughout the poem. A glaring sun swallows the sky, the blaring cuckoo of the roosters, and every single morning they cry. I could never forget the sounds, the smells, the sights. I could never forget home. And just miles away, our neighbor's beaches with long stretches of white hot sand. And it bites me when I step there, but it reminds me it was the sand that taught us to run. And every moment I am running, sometimes back, but mostly forward, toward truths I cannot always see. But my mother told me, you should always try. Soon you'll find them. And every step I take, I carry Pamana with me, kissing my skin, and the pain I endured to get her there cannot compare to the hurt and the pain and the death of my people. Their stories fade every day. I want the truth, so I ask, who were they? And how could I mourn a name I will never know? How could I be so sure that the answers I grasp are not lost in the fires they used to heat their baths? How could they? And how could my mother, her mother, our elders walk with Pamana without knowing who we are. I am losing sight of the path I'll never see. But maybe it just slipped my memory 
to remember the things that can never be forgotten. The vibrant laughter in our hearts, the songs that echo through our lungs, the love we hold on our sleeves. And so maybe I should learn to believe in the memories they could not burn, in the secrets whispered to the glaring sun, the ones that she sent back to those who want to hear. Thank you. As we bring up Vanessa Mayville, let's give Arlene Batista another hand. And you just heard readings by Judith Popeil in the second round, and then you heard us slide over into the third round. So we just start through the list again. So the third round of the Arlene Batista in the third round of the and December 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series and held again at the Yom Cafe. And as we move now fully into the third round uh, that evening and conclude the event uh, between this reading and a couple of them in the, in the next hour, uh, you're going to hear readings now by Vanessa Mayville, Leanne Taras, Leila Paveo-Chismore, and Nuard Tadavasian. So I don't know how many of you have taken the bus in Ottawa, but um, this one is called the 14. He is salt and pepper hair, scruffy, gray beard and stayed teeth, backwards ball cap, sitting legs spread at the back of the bus. They are bright-eyed, giggling, and obnoxious, uncomfortable innocence, sitting side by side at the back of the bus. He asks, where are you from? She says, from my mother. He persists, I know, but where are you from? like her accent will inherently change her answer like it's any of his business anyways. He asks the girl with braids in her hair why she's wearing a shirt from Uganda and the pride that waves in the flag on her shirt vanishes from her face in an instant like he should be the one to offer fashion advice to a 12 year old anyways. She is turned towards the back of the bus. We exchange glances and the worry I feel in my gut is reflected in her face but my stop is next. One by one, the women turn their heads towards the back of the bus. My stop is next. Concern streaked across our faces. Why do I feel so helpless? I request my stop. And when I turn to her again, she is getting up. Thank you, I yell to the driver as usual, but I hope she knows that this time it was meant for her too. To bring up Leanne Taurus, let's give Vanessa Mayville another hand. Curious play, exuberance in motion, laying paint to canvas, such numerous shades casting their magical sway, turquoise, hot pink, ochre, and burnt umber. Free mind wanders along the labyrinth. 
following this intuitive pilgrimage. Keen ear listens to music that beckons, meditative process, never of the secular, rather a Jungian journey, sometimes bringing the sweetest of nectar. As we bring up Layla Paveo Chisamore, let's give Leanne Terrace another hand. to a line from one of his poems. Sometimes when I wake, I find even my soul is wet. Mine is sweaty. Even it scoffs at the humidity of mid-July, cut only by the breeze at the edges of the market. It cooks in this heat with radishes, with snap peas, with the wrinkling sun golds. It should be gathered and wrung, splayed neatly with clothespins across the line, over dead lilacs, under the maple that is still green. Underneath, I would watch it, patched and flapping wide, to wonder how it fits. Would you hold the corners carefully in the intricate dance of a fitted sheet? Bring up Noir Tadavasi and let's give uh, Leila Tadeo Chisamo another hand. Very not used to speaking into a mi microphone, so I feel like it's very in my face. This is where it's supposed to be. But... <laughs> okay. um, this poem is called Mishituhu, which I think is Hebrew for drawn from the water, but wrote this a while ago. <laughs> we were like Moses, splitting the ocean, outrunning the darkness, flying and triumphant. My mother carried me across the world, putting my feet in the soil here to grow apologetically beside the maple. We did try the ice skating and snow forts, canoeing in the national parks, hunting for island waterfalls. Grow, make your roots, your brilliant leaves. This is for you, this is for you, this is for you. Yet somehow the salt of the Caspian Sea found me always a dream away, left me with a craving for apricots and tragedy. This is for you. Me in this maple soil, buried with the bear skulls and wolf jaws, buried with the goose shit and arrowheads, buried like a thief on stolen land. Why won't you grow, supplications of a mother who waters with her own hot tears? I put the Canadian bone in my mouth, scraped out the marrow, and found myself wanting. Salt from the sea, snow on the mountain, apricots dropping like stones. I dream of splitting myself, body here, blood singing for the apricot, but leaves with eleven teeth start to grow beneath my nails. Thanks. As we bring up uh, Brent Raycroft, let's give Noir Tedavasian another hand.
And you just heard readings by Vanessa Mayville, Leanne Taras, Leila Paleo Chisimore, and Noir Tedavasian. Again, in the third round of the December 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series and held again at the Elm Cafe. Uh, there are two groups of poets left to finish up that event. About not enough time to even air one of them in this hour with the other things I need to do. So what I'm going to do with a few minutes additionally that I have here is air a few or share a few calls for submissions and upcoming events. Uh, one is uh, check Facebook about this. Uh, Ultraviolet Magazine is, I believe, still currently accepting submissions of creative content and is interested in attracting those who can draw, paint, and take photographs or create graphic designs, poetry, or short stories. So uh, go ahead. And uh, Facebook, I've found, might be the easiest way to get information. And there's even a site there, I think, where it talks about forms that it will direct you to. There is a, another call coming up. Uh, that one's kind of ongoing, I believe, but uh, the last time I checked, I didn't see a deadline, but they might have inserted one at this point. I should check that again. There is a deadline, though, for the next uh, uh, call for submissions. Uh, coming up, and that's January 8th at 6 p.m. is the deadline, so really not that far away. And it's a call for plays or performances, and it's the Summer Storefront Fringe Festival uh, that's been happening here for a few years now. Uh, normally in uh, old vacant stores uh, using their space uh, during the summer. Uh, last year, most of them were done in other places, though, uh, but uh, I'm not sure exactly where the three locations are, but there are uh, 18 slots uh, for eight days, So, uh, and it will run this summer from July 17th through 26th, but again, uh, the deadline for to enter the lottery draw, and that's what you're in a draw, so uh, January 8th at 6 p.m. at the... Uh, uh, to get it turned in, uh, there will be the draw itself at the elevator by uh, a couple of days later. But and you need not be present to win. But uh, check out their website. Uh, uh, just uh, Google search Kingston Storefront Fringe uh, 2020, and it you'll probably pull up Theater Kingston's page because they're the ones who co are coordinating it again. Last year, I believe they did last year. Uh, coordinated again this year. I believe they did that last year as well. And uh, Juniper, uh, a poetry journal, is currently also accepting submissions for the month of January. And uh, Arc Poetry Magazine is uh, their uh, deadline is February 1st uh, for their uh, Poem of the Year contest. So uh, Juniper, going backtracking here, it's just uh, juniperpoetry.com should take you there. And uh, you, uh, I've got actually here, you can do arcpoetry.ca for the Arc Poetry Magazine Poem of the Year contest. Sorry to kind of stumble over both of those, but I'm trying to get as much in this few minutes here as I can. I do want to uh, 
slip away from those. I've got some with later expiration dates, so I do want to plug upcoming events that are close. Uh, there is the uh, uh, next, because you've been hearing readings from that uh, in the first hour, in the second hour last week, uh, So, and we'll hear the rest of them coming right up. Uh, and the Journey Continues open mic reading series. The next one will be uh, Tuesday, January 7th, 7 to 9.30 p.m. Doors open at, uh, reopen at 6.30 because the Elm closes down uh, at 5 o'clock. So it's the Elm Cafe. It's located on the corner of Montreal and Charles Street each month. It's about six blocks maybe at the most north of Princess. So also bus stops right beside... Uh, uh, the uh, cafe so doors again open at 6 30 it's free event uh and again as you can tell we do it in the round if you're closer to tweed uh, you might want to check out uh as is the end i don't know why i keep doing this backtracking but and the journey continues over my greeting series that i just mentioned is a first tuesday night of the month event as is the one in that's happening in Tweed. So if you live closer to Tweed, they have the first Tuesday Muse there, uh, and uh, that meets at the Tweedsmere Tavern for their monthly event, and their monthly event uh, runs January 7th uh, from, so coming up to from 7 to 9 p.m., and uh, the tavern is located downtown. So it must be pretty easy to find. Uh, that is the way it's described uh, First Tuesday Muse does also have a Facebook page, so just click on that, and that will have more information as well. One last one. I think I've got time here. Uh, Juvenus uh, 2020 Festival is having their season launch uh, coming up a week from tomorrow night, so January the 11th. Uh, that event uh, details uh, uh, their... 20, 2020 festival, and it will be, uh, all of the things will be revealed. Uh, they're hoping you can come out to hear about their upcoming projects and opportunities. Uh, this will be an all-ages event that's happening, again, Saturday, June 11th from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. at the Grizzly Grill. And if you don't know where that is, 395 Princess Street, Kingston. Check out their Facebook page, uh, Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash Fest, Or you can also go online and uh, go to their uh, website, and uh, I think you'll pick up information there as well. Uh, that keeps us pretty current, at least uh, we're kind of caught up. And uh, I suppose I should start to kind of close out this hour. You are listening to Finding a Vote Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. My name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the first hour and hope you can stay tuned for the second. As we go back into, uh, again, uh, the... Uh, third round of the uh, and the journey continues open mic reading series and then uh, that's probably just I don't know that's only about 20 minutes into the hour and we'll finish that up and then we're going to start something a bit different uh, with the Alperti uh, story uh, the Alperti songbook so 
I'm going to talk more about that in the second hour. Just a quick mention here before we slide over. I guess we're kind of slid, so we've kind of slid over on the clock, but I haven't here on the page yet. So, uh, just want to mention that each hour of this show each week is uploaded to my blog space for it at Finding a Voice on CFRCFM.wordpress.com. We'll remain there for four years, and welcome back, or maybe perhaps you just stay tuned. And we're now about uh, 53 seconds into the second hour, so it is f- actually 5.01 now, and you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM, again, located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, again, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6, and we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And again, I start. I briefly mentioned it at the end of the first hour, but a bit more detail here uh, in this second hour. Uh, from uh, what you're going to hear is uh, again from the December and the journey continues open mic reading in that monthly series. You'll hear the conclusion of it with two sets of readings in the third round by again uh, Brent Raycroft, Bob McKenzie, Lyle Merriam. Allison Wong and Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, Judith Popeil, and me. And then following that from the 2018, the Al Purdy songbook, you'll hear both musical. I may get into some verbal interpretations or inspirations, but definitely musical ones today of Al Purdy's work. And I'm hoping again I can get all of these in. Bruce Coburn, uh, Gord Downey. Perhaps Leonard Cohen and uh, Sarah Harmer and uh, a uh, music uh, song, singer-songwriting duo called Snowblink. Uh, and these were all, again, uh, based on Alperti's work. So just this first, though, the usual hourly announcement. Occasionally some poetry, spoken word, and music played on this show may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the integrity of, uh, integrity of both the author and the piece. Again, now, uh, and I will better introduce uh, what's going to happen after this when we get there, but let's go ahead and move back into the December 3rd round, I should mention, of the December 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading held at the Elm Cafe Coming up next, here are readings by Brent Raycroft, Bob McKenzie, Lyle Merriam, and Allison Wong. This one's sort of a, a companion piece to the first one I read tonight. Sort of a domestic poem. And it's called Chores. An idiom that I learned early is the old hyperbole to worship the ground they walk on, to love laboriously, down on one's knees if need be. Housework has the same extremity. Less than a castle, more than a nest, corners where dust doesn't stir, 
passageways for spills and litter. The setting out of flowers, yes, but also sweeping after them for flowers leave their mess. What awaits the welcome guest? A path that's clear, a shining floor, access to our best kept surfaces. As for the wife or husband or whatever, let them be uncertain whether the work is done for love or voluntarily, or in the service of the deity, of ground not walked on yet, of what comes next, of being ready. Thanks. As we bring up Bob McKenzie, let's give Brent Raycroft another hand. This is Street of Dreams. A street painted in darker shades, blues and blacks just beyond sundown, lampposts supporting cones of light, staged yellow circles in the dark, fading to the vanishing point. Now, two figures enter stage right, pause in the spotlight as they swing silhouettes who dance in the dark, slow waltz to some private music, drums brushed under bass and soft sax. Dancing through the circle of light for the moment, young lovers pause, swirl softly between blue shadows, swing silhouettes in the spotlight, dance to the jazz in the night air, dance to the blue sax in the dark, swing and sway to the next lamppost, waltz on to the next and the next, twirl in the painted circle of light on an uncertain street of dreams. Where the street becomes indigo, shadows and lamplight fade and die, somewhere past the vanishing point, a lone sax whispers in the night, this jazz waltz only lovers hear. As we bring up Lyle Merriam, let's give Bob McKenzie another hand. the net. The moon is really made of cheese, and the ocean isn't blue. I read that on the internet, so it must be true. There are alien abductions happening almost every night. I saw it on the internet, so of course it must be right. There's lots of info on the net by people who should know, and of course they couldn't put it there if it weren't really so. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm off to search the net. For proof Columbus discovered Australia, I need to win a bet. <laughs> As we bring up Allison Wong, let's give Lau Merriam another hand. Two days ago, so I don't have a title yet. 
Um, anyways. I don't believe in miracles, but I do believe in luck and people. Most of them, anyways. There are many days when I am not one of them, but I believe in you. You and the power of open arms. I don't believe in a higher power. I lost my faith in God around the same time I lost faith in myself. Maybe that makes me my own God. It's always easier to point fingers, so instead of looking in a mirror, I looked up. Made my own self a scapegoat with a different name. But, just like any god, I kept on existing even after my faith was gone. Because you can't kill an idea that easily. I should know. I've tried for years. And just like any god, all it took was one person hanging on to that string of faith like a child to a grounded kite, pulling hard enough to keep me afloat. He grabbed that string and ran into the wind, hanging tight to me even as I threatened to blow away. Faith, trust, and a little pixie dust, isn't that what we learned as kids? If we all take to the skies, then maybe heaven won't seem so far away after all. No need to die in order to find it. Scavenger hunts were my favorite kind of game, but now I realize I've been searching for heaven from the wrong direction this whole time. You won't find heaven at the bottom of the grave. Look around you. Heaven is in the hearts of every person who remembered your name even when you forgot, in the eyes of every person who looked at you without flinching even when you couldn't. What I'm trying to say is, I have gone heaven hunting with a shovel three times, and all three times I've been called back by people I didn't realize were still holding onto my kite string even after I lost the wind. So remember that, if nothing else. You are here, and being here is infinitely better than being an unanswered question. Despite my best efforts, I'm still here, so that has to count for something. I'm not going to tell you something cheesy like, everything will be all right, because it won't. If everything was all right, nothing would be compelling. Your story is better told in the present tense. You are here, and so am I, and that's enough for me. So we bring up Eric Folsom, let's give Alison Wong another hand. And you just heard readings by Brent Raycroft, Bob McKenzie, Lyle Miriam, and Allison Wong. And again, they were readings in the third round of the December 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series. And again, held at the Elm Cafe. Up next from it, and you're going to hear readings by, and the final readings actually of the event. Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, Judith Popiel, and me. Here we go. Um, okay, you're in trouble now. Um, one of the problems with translating somebody like Jean Cocteau uh, was that um, he wrote in French. I don't actually know French that well. <laughs> and he was very queer and he was writing in the first half of the 20th century, so when he's being naughty, I have, I have no clear idea of what's going on, right? Because my understanding of gay slang in Paris in the 1920s is like, I have none, okay? So, um, so this is uh, Jean Perche, and on the surface, it's about fighting cocks, you know, where two roosters, it's supposedly a sport or something, right? Two roosters fight. But I don't think it's really about that. <laughs> I perch all festooned with ruffles and feathers, unperceived by your naked eyes. 
of fighting cock's posthumous glory forever prefers to remain in disguise. A day's single victory spins fortune's wheel fast. One is on fire, the other gone. Better a cock than the fading dew on the grass, a specter at the break of dawn. As we bring up Jordan Lane, let's give Eric Folsom another hand. smoke gathers over us in a scent raw, sharp, and mournful. It makes me afraid to touch the small, green, living things, afraid to water them, afraid to lose another, afraid to lose again. Old oaks, though, my hand pulls to them through the air. I ache for the feel of their time-hewn bark, because from out their skin, rippled with rough, I feel life screaming out. But sometimes, too, I feel death eating silently from the inside. The beautiful skin cracks, dripping and crunching in my hands like yesterday. Here is an image of myself as a child and myself now, each of us with the handle of a long saw blade, getting ready to cut down a tree plagued and overgrown. At first he was afraid, but once the spray of sawdust was in the air, raw, sharp, and mournful, he helped me finish the job. Finally, when, with a flutter and a snap, it came down into the bronze tomb of autumn, there was at last a kind of freedom for him. With a strength I never knew, he lifted the crushing weight of a single acorn atop the stump, warm with friction, set it down. And with the dread power of roots that anchor the very young to their hearts, he said these words, here we grow again. Uh, Judith Popeil, let's give Jordan Lane another hand. So I've been writing a series of poems about an oak forest that I go to regularly with my dogs and um, watch how this oak forest transforms itself over the seasons. So this is one of the poems of recent, recently that I wrote <coughs> because it is changing into a winter forest. Excuse me. <coughs> Oak forest is bare now. Winter sprang upon us, just a minute, sprang upon us too quickly. Soft brushing of snow on ground, picturesque red oak leaves half fallen, Branches spreading from tall, 50-foot trunks like tentacles of an octopus spreading their glory against a silver-gray sky laden with layers of clouds. Thank you. It's Judith Popeil. Let's give her another hand. 
Before I read my final poem, we've heard some incredible poetry and prose even tonight. Uh, let's give yourselves and everybody else a hand. Another hand, too, for the Elm Cafe for this space and for Grace for taking care of us. I just need some more information from Arlene and Vanessa, so if you could come up and see me after, that would be wonderful. And uh, again, thank you for coming out. We're always the first Tuesday night of the month here, and so our next one, I believe, is January 7th. So I have a very short poem here to end. It's called Shells. Shells become seldom more than collectors of dust and a collection of other things upon them, each in and with their own collection of both more dust and forgotten time. Thanks. And you just heard readings by Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, Judith Popeil, and me, and uh, my concluding remarks then. Uh, those were all in the third round and uh, of the December 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading held at the Elm Cafe. And they did wrap the event up that evening. Uh, coming up after a short break, you're going to hear... A few tracks off the Al Purdy songbook, and uh, there are recordings of, no, I should say recordings of readings or musical interpretations uh, of his work. And uh, I found, I found uh, someone gave me that, and I found it very touching that I got it, and after I listened to it, it's really cool. So I'm looking forward to playing a bit of that to air the rest, uh, to fill the rest of the hour this afternoon. So let's go ahead and do this uh, first, and I'll be right back. Uh, if there's a listener-supported radio station, you're, it means that people can get daily, every day, a different way of looking at the world, not just what the corporate media want you to see, a different picture, a different understanding, a different picture, a different understanding. Not only can you hear it, but you can participate in it. You can add your own thoughts, you know, and you can learn something and so on. Well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way uh, people become uh, human, you know. That's the way you become human participants in a, in a social and political system. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. 
Since 1922, CFRC Radio has been the campus and community radio station for Queens and Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is both listener-supported and listener-created radio, bringing both music and spoken word content to our community on 101.9 FM and around the world on cfrc.ca. Support locally created media. Learn more at cfrc.ca. here on CFRC 101.9, Monday nights at 7. Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to go ahead and do this. Uh, just uh, No, I did it not that long ago, so I'm going to wait. So what I am going to do, and I'm sorry, I'm doing, I'm feeling a bit, uh, I'm trying to do something a little bit different here than I normally do, so I'm just trying to get my ducks in a row, I guess. I'm going to uh, go into the Al Purdy songbook again. This was a gift that was given to me uh, several months ago, and uh, very touched to get it, and, uh, and, uh, but once I listen to it, too, it's just it's uh, quite phenomenal. I, I'm not as familiar with Al Purdy's work as some of the some people are, but I am quite I know a fair amount, quite a, ma- a bit about his work. I unfortunately never got the opportunity to meet him or chat with him. And I guess that's uh, what I meant when I said not as familiar with him as a poet in person as, uh, as many of the people around here are because as I understand he was very open and congenial and I think that's reflected in this but uh, what I'm going to do I'm, I'm and the thing, other thing too is I'm working with a couple of resources here I'm going to read a bit just out of the uh, if I can get in the right light here uh this was this album was actually created, I believe, uh, two years ago, I believe, uh, and I think so in 2018. I could be wrong, but it could have been 2017. But it was uh, began. It, it was created to save uh, the A-frame uh, in Ameliasburg, Ontario, and uh, that and that was the one that Al Purdy with his wife Yurth, 
uh, built. Uh, sorry, I'm just fighting with the light here. With their own uh, hands in 1957, uh, skeptics. Uh, and I'm reading this was written by Brian D. Johnson, uh, who wrote a foreword to, or at least wrote the reasons for creating the songbook. Uh, and it said skeptics argued that the uh, ramshackle cottage uh, made with uh, salvage lumber was uh, beyond salvation. But with the funds and I'm sure a lot of the physical labor uh, support of uh, friends and, and uh, former acquaintances of both Al and his wife uh, helped to clean up and resurrect the house and save the house. But uh, this uh, album is part of the money that was used to help refurbish that house. I should just, I could, and I could have done this earlier, but uh, before I get into the artists themselves and air their work, I just want to, uh, there was, it's on the inside cover of the album, uh, a brief biography of Al Purdy, and it says, Al Purdy was born December 30th, 1978 in, uh, wow, I'm really having trouble with my glasses here. Well, he was born in Ontario and died on uh, April 21st, uh, 2000. And you know what? I, I This font is just too small in this book. I am really sorry. I'm going to have to try something different than I had planned here. Hopefully I can read out of this book better. If I cannot, I'm just going to play the cuts, but I thought it would be kind of cool to introduce uh, the people I'm going to air. The first person up will be Bruce Coburn. And uh, it says, let's see if I can do it better with my glasses off. It says, Bruce uh, Coburn was one of several contributors already deeply familiar with Purdy. And... Uh, he embraced uh, the challenge when asked uh, as if it were something he'd been uh, itching to do for years. Let's let it go at that. I'm going to see if I can find some other way to read this, but that is uh, a, the briefest of introductions to, um, and way less than I wanted to do, uh, but... Uh, what Bruce Coburn created uh, was a musical interpretation, and it is the title of which is Three Al Purdy's. Here you go. Swaying boxcar doorway, moving east away from the 
sunset. And after a while, the eyes digest a country, and the belly perceives a mapmaker's vision in dust and dirt on the face and hands here. Its smell drawn deep through the nostrils down to the lungs and spurts through bloodstream, campaigns in the lower intestines, and chants love songs to the kidneys. After a while, there is no arrival and no departure possible anymore. You are where you were always going, and the shape of home is under your fingernails. I'm a product of some parents of the sort that shouldn't breed. Didn't get my schooling past learning how to read. Got the poetry bug in some forgotten institution. Exchanged itself for words and became another being and could even be 
summoned from the far distance. We chanted a spell of names, and we said, Mountain, be our friend. And we said, River, guard us from enemies. And we said what it seemed the gods themselves might say if we had dreamed them and they had dreamed us from their high places. And they spoke to us in the forest from the river and the mountain. The mouths of the ochre painted dead had speech again, and the water spoke, and the speech had words, and our children remembered. Bruce Coburn uh, with a selection called Three Alpertis. Uh, some music should say it's a poetic musical and poetic interpretation, I guess, of uh, uh, a poem. It's our Alpertis work, and it's found in the Alperti uh, songbook. And I uh, thought that was quite wonderful. Up next, and there are a number I might mention as well. There are a number of uh, pieces on here that I won't have time to air today, and I may have uh, suggested this already uh, earlier in the hour. might have even still been in the first hour. But what I'm hoping uh, to do is continue with this and maybe uh, figure out a way to be able to read these intros a little bit better uh, next week. So we'll probably carry on with this because there are, let's see, looks like 13, I believe, different uh, collaborate or different uh, interpretations on here. And if we're lucky, we might get four, maybe five, or if we're lucky, six of them today. So there'll be at least as many or more next week. But let's go ahead and jump into Sarah Harmer and let me see if I can buckle through and uh, actually read this. And it says, uh, and these are, I'm just reading actually from the little booklet that comes. Uh, it's all part of the Al Purdy songbook. Uh, and it also. It lists uh, each of the, with lyrics, it lists each of the uh, people who contributed work. and uh, But it also has a little short intro uh, bio in another part of it. And it says Sarah Harmer recorded uh, Just Get Here. Uh, it's... Uh, 
in the living room of her country home north of Kingston as uh, cameras captioned uh, the moment for the documentary. It was the first time uh, she she really performed it anywhere, it says. So let's go ahead, and uh, I'm just struggling with the words, and I'm sorry, I was planning on doing a lot more with introductions, but what they did is more important than what I say about them. So here we go. Here is Sarah Harmer with, I should find the title of this cut as well. Again, I mentioned it, so it's just get here. If you saw 
line between these places Where poems were read and hungers fed And hearts were warm and gracious And did we keep a guest book somewhere Or are the records fading We'll make a vow to start one now There is still time but it's not waiting And you just heard uh, Sarah Harmer with her musical interpretation and her inclusion on uh, on the in the Al Purdy songbook. Uh, and uh, coming up next, uh, I'm going to air uh, Gord Downey did two pieces uh, that are, were included in this, and I believe two pieces. Yes. Uh, I will air one of them. I'll air the more musical one today. Uh, I will air the other one uh, next week, and it's a reading of one of uh, one of Alperty's poems. Uh, here is what uh, they say about him in uh, the booklet that came with uh, the CD. It says uh, Gord Downey, and it had just mentioned uh, Dave Budini. Uh, Budini, I may get to him this afternoon as well, but I'm not sure. Uh, but Gord Downey. Uh, fell under Al's influence early in the game. Uh, next to Leonard Cohen, it's hard to think of a major Canadian artist uh, who uh, moved so promiscuously between poetry and uh, songwriting. In 2002, he starred in a short uh, film dramatizing uh, at, at the dramatizing, I should say, the poem, at the Quinty Hotel. Uh, Purdy's uh, bittersweet, you're about a uh, moment of truth in a tavern brawl. And uh, who knows, I may even get to that one today, but first, what I'm going to do is air The East Wind, which was uh, Gord Downey's more musical interpretation of Purdy's work.
And that was Gord Downey with uh, The East Wind and, uh, again, a, music, a musical uh, interpretation of uh, knowing and having worked with Al Purdy and, uh, and uh, the relationship uh, and friendship that they had. Uh, what I'm going to do now, instead of pulling up another artist and try to very badly um, read through, uh, and it's just my vision, I do apologize. I just can't uh, make out this smaller print, uh, and I don't have my reading glasses, so there you go. So what I'm going to do instead is offer now, because I had already mentioned it, this is... Uh, his reading uh, of uh, an Al Purdy poem called At the Quinty Hotel. So here again is Gord Downey. I am drinking. I'm drinking yellow flowers in underground sunlight. And you can see that I am a sensitive man. And I notice that the bartender is a sensitive man. So I tell him the beer he draws is half fart and half horse piss and all wonderful yellow flowers. But the bartender is not quite so sensitive as I supposed he was, the way he looks at me now, and does not appreciate my exquisite analogy. Over in one corner, two guys are quietly making love in the brief prelude to infinity. Opposite them, a peculiar fight enables the drinkers to lay aside their comic books and watch with interest while I watch with interest. A wiry little man slugs another guy, then tracks him, bleeding into the toilet, and then slugs him to the floor again with ugly red flowers on the tile. Three minutes later, he roosters over to the table where his friend sits with another friend and slugs both of them, ass over electric kettle. So I have to walk around on my way for a piss. Now I am a sensitive man, so I say to him, mildly as hell, you shouldn't have knocked over that good beer with them beautiful flowers in it. <laughs> so he says, come on. So I come on. Like a rabbit with weak kidneys, I guess, like a yellow streak charging on flower power, I suppose. And knock the shit out of him. And sit on him. He's just a little guy. And say reprovingly, violence will get you nowhere this time, chum. Now take me, I am a sensitive man. And would you believe I write poems? But I could see the doubt in his upside-down face. In fact, in all the faces. What kind of poems? Flower poems. So tell us a poem. I got off the little guy, but reluctantly, because, for he was comfortable, because, whatever, and told him this poem. They crowded around me with tears in their eyes and wrung my hands feelingly from my pockets, for it was a heartwarming moment for literature. And moved by the demonstrable effect of great art and the brotherhood of people, I remarked, the poem ought to be worth some beer. It was a mistake in terminology, for silence came, and it was brought home to me in the tavern. The poems will not really buy beer or flowers or a goddamn thing. And I was sad, for I am a sensitive man. 
And you just heard Gordani with uh, a live reading uh, of uh, Al Purdy's At the Quinty Hotel, uh, that uh, piece of Al's. And uh, I think what I'm going to do is maybe just air one more cut to take us out. Uh, and I need to find out what that is. But what I want to do is, first of all, I need to kind of tie up business, uh, uh, the overall business here as well. I do want to thank you uh, for tuning in today. Uh, you have been listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC uh, 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. And we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. I do want to, first of all, I did it at the, I'm probably very close to the start of the first hour, but most of you have been aware that we've uh, had a funding drive going on for the last two months. It ended on December 31st. Uh, done much differently this year as a two-month drive. But uh, we re- uh, it was set uh, as a GoFundMe uh, program and uh, set at $20,000. I can say that uh, we're just touched and uh, just my heartfelt thanks for not only reaching that goal but exceeding it. And as of today, we have $22,241.08. Uh, in that funding drive. And uh, so I want to dearly thank all those of you who donated. And what I want to do is air this piece uh, that because uh, they do it uh, and I might leave someone out. This way I won't. Uh, going to use this to thank the sponsors as well who made this all possible. So I'll be right back after this. CFRC 101.9 FM is taking this opportunity to give a big shout-out and a big, big thank you to our sponsors for our 2019 funding drive. Something Else Records, The Screening Room, McKinnon Brothers Brewing, Grad Club, Flying Bee Productions, KPP Concerts, Musiki Cafe, the RCHA, Novel Idea, Tango Nuevo, Wit, Agent 99, Cash for Clothes, Gray Malkin's Wireworks, Improbable Escapes, Brian's Record Option, The Toucan Pub, Old Farm Fine Foods, The Art Gallery of Ontario, and the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts. Thank you everyone for your support during our funding drive. And again, you are, again, a heartfelt thanks to both, uh, to all the donors who have donated and uh, all the sponsors who contributed uh, their goods and everything and their time to help us uh, achieve our goal. So uh, very, very, very happy and uh, uh, very honored that uh, you uh, have show that that this whole thing uh, was uh, ended so very beautifully so thank you and uh, I'm hoping I still have one more uh, cut to air here but I'm hoping you can uh, tune in 
uh, next week as well. Uh, we will, um, hopefully I'll find a better way. I'll bring a magnifying glass if I have to <laughs> and do a better job of introducing uh, the ones that are left. But I am going to take us out of here now with uh, one. I uh, was really touched by one of the other musical performances, a, uh, a duo, um, a singer-songwriting duo that I had I was unaware of, actually. And... Uh, I'm just going to try to get through this because I was also touched by, uh, uh, it says uh, they're known as Snowblink, and it's uh, Daniela, uh, this really bothers me that I can't do this. Anyway, uh, I, I, I will let you know next week, uh, and uh, I may even take the opportunity to play this and introduce them again next week. I like it that much, and... Uh, you're going to hear, without an introduction, Snowblink with their musical piece called Outdoor Hotel. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for Saltwater Music coming up right after this. Thanks. In the river's white racket, small purple arctic, surprises, surprises.
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Thank you.